everyone. Welcome to Steadfast Care Planning, where we plan for care to live well. I'm your guide, Kelly Augsperger. With me today is Dwight Smith. Dwight is the owner of Amada Senior Care in Columbus in Toledo. Dwight, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Kelly. I really appreciate the opportunity. Today, we are going to be talking about the long-term care insurance claims process and what that looks like. And because Dwight is an owner of a home care agency, Amada Senior Care, he has a lot of great insights and experience that he's going to share with us today. So Dwight, can we jump right in? Let's do it. All right. Well, number one, Dwight, before even submitting a claim for long-term care insurance, what are some best practices? What are things that people really need to think about and do? Sure. Uh, That's a really good question. So there's a series of things that people really need to do. They need to identify what kind of level of care that they need, what the policy covers, and what that policy covers could be an accumulation of various things. What's the period of the coverage? How much Mm -hmm. does it cover per day? Maybe it's broken down per month or per year. What the maximum benefit is, maybe the benefit may last a total of four years, two years, Mm -hmm. or even sometimes if they're lucky, a lifetime. And then really kind of digging into the weeds to uncover what might be included with that. So there may be some assistance with durable medical equipment. There might be some assistance with home modifications. There might be some assistance with these little hidden gems that we call them and to really figure that out to see and make a plan accordingly on what kind of things that will be needed for, as this care process and then what's needed to activate it, right? So right. different companies have different protocols. Some require doctor's notes or documentation. Some require an assessment via nurse and then having the claim form and claim packet to fill out to make sure that they have all the proper information so that the reimbursements are on time and in no for the amount that they would need or want. So really understanding what your contract says, right? What coverage you have, whether it's you know per day, per month, how long your benefits last, if it's comprehensive. And today's policies, most are comprehensive, meaning you can receive care in your home, in a community. It's not a location. It's really a matter of what's best for you. You know, where do you want to receive care that's going to be best for you? But I think, Dwight, and you probably run into this, most policies, at least policies today, are qualified, meaning these qualified long-term care policies are going to have specific contract language where it's very standardized. And that means in order to receive benefits, you have to have triggers. And these triggers are either physical or cognitive, right? So it's going to be either two out of six activities of daily living or you need supervision due to a cognitive impairment. And so those are pretty standardized in most contracts today. And then you're expecting need of care more than 90 days and you fulfill elimination period. So we know that typically is the contract language, but you've got to be aware of what your contract says. And if you don't understand it, if you're the client yourself receiving care, you're probably not in the frame of mind to really read it, right? And understand it. So you're going to have to have a family member look at that contract and policy, but then be able to use a professional like yourself, Dwight, in a service to be able to read that and understand what it says and how you can actually receive benefits. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's the opportunity, you know, sometimes in those benefits to even extend them out. So if it's a two year max and you don't need to meet the criteria of what that monthly max is, then maybe I wouldn't say strung out, but just not fully utilized up front. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. Because most policies, at least today, are issued in a factor of 
it's really a benefit pool. So if you're not using that full monthly benefit, those benefits can actually last longer and they stay inside the policy. Dwight, let's talk about, I think something else really important to consider before filing a claim is the importance of doctors actually noting in the medical records what is going on with the client. We want to make sure that before submitting a claim, the care that you need is well documented because most carriers are going to look at those medical records just to verify that indeed you do need care and what that looks like. Because if it's not documented well and it's gray, they may not approve a claim. So we want it to be very clear, black and white. You know, this is exactly what you or your family member needs help with. You know, you need help bathing because it's unsafe. You don't have good balance. You need help transferring. You know, you don't have the strength or the mobility. And so I think it's really important that that's communicated with the doctor before submitting a claim because we want that claim to be approved right away. Right? Agreed. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Do you see that happen with your clients, Dwight, that sometimes, you know, maybe a claim's not getting approved quickly because we don't have the right documentation? Yeah, you know, sometimes it becomes, you know, a situation where the person may not feel like they need it yet. That's where we run into the biggest hurdles is, you know, uh, they say I need a shower, but I don't think I do type of thing, (laughs) you know, and we have to go through that or, you know, the pride of needing some assistance. People want to be able to get around on their own, but they are lying with the this policy that they've paid in for for the past 5, 10, 15, sometimes 20 years. Yeah. And they could use that as a resource and a benefit to continue their life in a healthy and safe way. But sometimes there's a little resistance. So yeah, being yeah. open and honest, I think with the physician at the start is the best. Yeah. Oh, spot on. And I've heard this and I've seen this where clients, they just want to be bold and brave. You know, oh no, yeah. I'm, I'm fine. I don't need help. I can do this on my own. You're really just jeopardizing yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. you do, if you have these benefits and you really do need help, you need assistance. Well, guess what? You have benefits that can actually help. The insurance Mm -hmm. company will pay you, will pay your family. So this is not the time to be bold and brave and just, you know, no, I'm, I'm good. I I can do this on my own, you know, and and this is where I think family needs to come in to play too, Mm -hmm. Dwight, right? So whether it's Mm -hmm. the spouse or adult kids and they need to talk to the physician and be like, no, mom or dad, this is really what's going on. Let's be honest here, right? You do actually need more assistance than you think. So let's tell the doctor what's really going on so that you can get the help that you really need. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Well, Dwight, tell us what's the process once, you know, we know that we've got medical records that are documenting actually what's going on. What's the process? How do you help when it's time to actually submit that claim? And I know this can kind of vary depending on the insurance company because claim paperwork can be different. But in general, what is that process like? So typically there's a form that needs to be filled out by both parties. And depending on if the client themselves are going to be getting the reimbursement or if we take on the assigned beneficiary, that would determine the form. But they're collecting our insurance information, our tax identification, and then that's submitted. So depending on the policy, there may be an elimination period. And during that elimination period, it's very important for us to be able to record or for the client to record the care notes so that there's documentation of when that care started so that when that elimination period is met, the benefit can start being received. Right. And I think let's back up even a second and explain what that elimination period is. 
So in these contracts, there's going to be what's called an elimination period. This is the waiting period, right? The amount of time that the client is self-funding their care before benefits begin, but they're actually receiving care in this time. So every contract is going to have some type of a waiting period. Maybe it's zero days. Maybe it's 90 days, 60, 30. You know, it's really going to depend on what that contract says. But that lingo is important to understand and how that actually works. So thanks for talking about, you know, what that looks like during the elimination period. Sure. Yeah. And so there's even like a part of that that can be included. And that's what we need to figure out. And we'll ask the families about inquire is, okay, was there any skilled stay? Because skilled stay sometimes in a rehab Mm -hmm. even is accountable into that elimination period. So they're staying in there for 30 days or you know, and then they have a 30 day elimination period that might be met. So as soon as they right. are discharged, come home, benefit could be applied immediately. Right. And when you say skilled stay, you're really referring to maybe they're in rehab, mm-hmm. right? Maybe getting Correct. some physical therapy, OT, just depending on what their needs are, that that could count possibly towards that elimination period. So knowing and asking these questions is something that you do in that Mm -hmm. process to be able to figure out, okay, where are we at in this timetable? How much Mm -hmm. time do we have remaining before benefits begin? Now, in in just a few minutes ago too, Dwight, you talked about assignment of benefits and we just Mm kind of skimmed over that really quickly, but I think that's really important, specifically when we're talking about reimbursement. So really there's two main types of ways that people can receive benefits, reimbursement or cash indemnity. And reimbursement is what most policies are today, which is you pay for your care costs and then you're reimbursed by the insurance company. Or if it's cash indemnity, the insurance company is just going to send you a check for whatever that you know daily or monthly benefit is, regardless of care expenses. So what Dwight was talking about as far as an assignment of benefits goes is that you know you might have the opportunity for the home care agency, or even facility, if you're in a community, to be able to sign a piece of paper that says, you know what, I give authority and permission to this agency or facility to be able to do this on my behalf, right? Dwight, can you talk a little bit about that in more detail? Sure. So there's two parts to that, like what you were saying, Kelly, where actually there's three parts, right? You get the cash or you can get the reimbursement and that reimbursement can either go to the clients or can go to the company that's caring for the facility that they're in. So how that works is the claim process can be kind of challenging sometimes with submitting claims and care notes and getting those to match up. So the benefit that we offer with Amada is we'll take on that burden for you and we'll file the claim, we'll file for the reimbursement and we'll take care of, of the care all in one so that it really takes out kind of all the legwork and all the frustrations. When we submit something and then they submit something and the insurance company is saying neither party has submitted anything and it just, it can add delay to reimbursements. And when a family is really counting on that to be able to keep their finances in order, we want to make sure that there's the least amount of delay there as possible. So we, we become the advocates at that. An advocate. And that's exactly what you are. And that's what people need during this claims process and just during time of care, right? Mm-hmm. You want someone there to be able to advocate for your loved one, especially if you have family all across the country. If you are on claim and you maybe your spouse is not able to do this because it's just there's so much detail that it's hard for them to really keep up with it or... Your adult kids, if you have adult kids, maybe they don't live nearby and it's just not feasible for them to do this for you. So having an advocate 
somebody like you to be able to come alongside and say, you know what? Don't worry about this. We've got it. We're going to take this off your plate. We just need you to sign some paperwork, giving us that authority and permission to do it on your behalf. And we'll take it. We'll take care of it. Yeah. And I think some families are a little concerned about, okay, if I sign all this over, does that mean, and and that could change at any moment. They still hold the key and the, you know, the the power to all of this. So if they wanted to change that at any point in time, they could. Right. What do you typically see as far as a timeline once you submit that claim? How long does that process typically take? Well, you know, it all kind of depends on insurance company. You know, some of them are pretty quick within a week or so. And then some of them, it takes a little bit longer. But I would say the average is for them to give us the green light with the better companies, it's around three days. Oh, wow. Okay. Once everything's actually submitted. Right. Like you've got your ducks in a row. All the paperwork is done for them to actually review it. You're saying just a few days. Now, what about medical records? Because oftentimes they need to order these medical records. So are Mm -hmm. you saying after they've even received those medical records from the doctor, it's going to maybe be about a few days for them to review it? Correct. Yeah, it typically does. Yeah. And sometimes, or if it's not a medical record request, they'll have a nurse call in to do an assessment via over the Mm -hmm. phone. And that could be anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of weeks, depending on when that person's available. Right, right. The availability. And do you see even nurse assessments in person as well? We do. And, okay. you know, we offer those to the insurance companies as well, where I have a nurse go in and do the assessment and fill out their form and then okay. submit that for the insurance. So sometimes they'll allow that or other times they want to send their own nurse. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if they have one in the area or whoever they're partnering with. Mm -hmm. What do you see the biggest mistakes in this claims process that people make? Oh, I think the biggest mistake that I see is just not having a really good idea of what your policy is and then how to activate it. Meaning, for example, maybe there's a little bit of cognitive impairment with someone, but they are activating their policy for a hip replacement recovery. Mm-hmm. And when they're being asked uh, about their memory, they're being honest, right? But that's not what the care is for. The care is for us to be able to be there to help them to get meals and to get up and mm-hmm. to exercise. So we just have to really be careful about when we're activating a policy, what we're truly activating it for, mm-hmm. especially if there's any type of hidden gem like a restoration of benefit where we might be in there for a temporary piece of time. And the goal is for them to graduate from our care. We want to make sure that that policy is utilized properly then. The hidden gems. I love that you call them that in what I generally refer to them as other benefits. So these are going to be, you know, home modifications, caregiver training, respite care, care coordination. But you call them hidden gems. I love that. I think I'm going to start calling them hidden gems now because it's true. When you have a policy, of you're getting paid, right? You've got this monthly income coming in to pay for care. But oftentimes you have these wonderful hidden gems in the mm-hmm. policy that you may not know you have, but that are really beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we want to make sure that we just have a clear understanding of all those so that when we're activating it, we're not making any mistakes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, I know that you help in the process as far as initiating the claim. What about even, you know, typically maybe once a year, the insurance company might need to kind of, you know, come back to you and ask some additional questions. 
what does that look like? Do you help in that process if you if you're helping a client that has a policy? Yeah, we do. We do. Okay. You know, we keep clear records on our end and we have okay. documentations in the system. So if they call at any point in time, we do get challenged on that. Sometimes reimbursements get a little wonky and we'll get three weeks straight and then there'll be a week that's skipped and then we have to go back and really dig into the weeds and figure out why that reimbursement had to come in and, and be able mm-hmm. to clarify why that is in- inaccurate. But we do keep records very, very tight so that in the fact that if the insurance company was to come back and question at any point in time throughout that level of care or that time of care, the period of care, that we would mm-hmm. be able to respond appropriately. So detailed notes, so important. Right. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. something that your team does really well. And I think even across all the Amada franchises, right? Just something that's kind of innate within your company is that you guys know the importance of taking really good notes, not just for the insurance company, but, you know, for the families. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure even just as like a litigation buffer to protect Mm -hmm. yourselves as well is, you know, we need to make sure that we are documenting exactly, you know, what services were provided, even like the timing and just really being able to document that well is really important. It is, you know, and it comes with, you know, our workings with some of the guardians, all the law attorney guardians too, mm-hmm. right? So we become the point of contact of kind of the family, I guess you would say. Of, yeah. Hey, so-and-so needs a new pair of pants or shoes or clothes or so those little notes really become important in people's lives. That's a great point. Do you guys mm-hmm. charge a fee for this, Dwight, or is it something that's just included because you're also providing care? It's all inclusive. With okay. Care. Okay. That's awesome. So when you bring on a new client, they don't have to worry about, oh, we're not going to have to pay an additional fee for these services, but you know, we're paying them to provide care for us and it's just included. Yeah. We're the long-term care insurance claims advocates. So it's it's all wrapped in. Yeah. You sure are. And I know you guys are really well known for that and do a really good job with that. Well, Dwight, any final advice on how people can plan for care to live well? Well, I would think just communicate. You know, I'm I'm going through this with my mom right now. She's 84 and we're just constantly Mm -hmm. communicating to make sure that families and clients to do this as well. It's just things change. So keep it kind of a, creating a goal, a plan, but reevaluating that and revisiting and rediscussing it constantly, maybe at least quarterly, if not at the very longest, a yearly, because things change and having a good group of people like you and friends and families, financial advisors, elder law attorney, having a good team involved to make sure that whatever goals are in place, stay the goals that they want to have. I totally agree. Open communication, consistent open communication with your loved ones, especially as they get older, you know, Mm -hmm. because things can change overnight, right? Especially if there's a fall or if there's some type of an incident that happens or a health event, Mm -hmm. you know, that can really change things quickly. And so you want to be honest and open with your loved ones of what's going on and keep them abreast of the situation so that you can be safe you know, and get the care that you really need. Well, Dwight, thanks so much for your time today. Where can people find more information about you and Amada and how you help people? Sure. A couple of different ways. So Amada, www.amadacolumbus.com, our website, or you can call our number 614-721-0070. And I'm happy to talk with anyone at any time. Awesome. Well, Dwight, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate the insights that you've given us. I know The claims process can be overwhelming at times for people, especially if you're not in the industry, right? This is an unknown territory. So to be able to give people some just 
golden nuggets of tips and information I think is going to be really valuable. So really appreciate your time. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Steadfast Care Planning with Kelly Augsburger. For more information about today's guest, check out our show notes. And for more information about Kelly, you can look her up on LinkedIn or find us online at www.steadfastagents.com. This show was made possible by Certification for Long-Term Care, Amada Senior Care Columbus, and Steadfast Insurance. Come back next time for more helpful guidance and thanks for listening.